Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimzeski with Adam Atkinson. And today we're going to take the time, because this is a little bit more of a conversational topic, to really hash out what a great coach should do for you. And I almost wanted to title it uh, What You Should Demand of Your Coach, but that just doesn't sound polite. I want to, want to frame it in a positive sense. But I, I just had a video chat with a client of mine overseas, Adam, and she was talking about the fact that she had used one of one of our coaches previously and then had gone on to use somebody else as a as a coach and and really felt like there was some misalignment in in the kind of uh, demographic that she perhaps filled for that coach that 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 coach wasn't used to. Uh, but there were some other key things that my client said that made me feel like I actually had to apologize. I said, man, you know, it's not my place to do this, but I just apologize. I, I hate to see poor coaching out there and for you to have spent money and, and spent this time and you really didn't get the experience you want. So I think it's just imperative from our viewers and listeners and clients perspective for them to know this, this is what a standard of care is. This is what professionalism should lead to both in the outcome and my results, but also in the process, how, how I'm dealt with on a day to day and week to week basis. So, so I have my points, but I'll be very interested in just seeing what comes to you top of mind when you, when you hear that, that phrasing and that topic of just, just what a good, consistent, solid coach should do for their clients. I think number one is something someone told me a long time ago when I started my coaching um, back in 2000 was one of the local trainers. I, I said, you know, I'm worried because I don't know that much. And um, they said, Adam, they won't hire you based on how much you know, but how much you care. And that always stuck with me. And I wish I knew maybe where they got that from, because I've heard that a few times. And, you know, if you are caring, you will, you know, do the research and you, you know, there's been times I've had to tell my clients, I don't know, but I'll find out. So that kind of falls under that caring and uh, mentorship mentality. And a lot of times in coaching, you get into situations that are, outside of macros, you know, whether they be life events and things like that. And, uh, you know, it really all is encompassed within the physical being of the person. Um, the second one that I kind of wanted to bring up to you is I think it's really important for a coach should know when to seek medical attention. Uh, so if your clients, you know, starting to pass out in the gym. I mean, obviously we've seen somebody's in critical care right now because the the coach, I don't think, understood what hypoglycemia was. And, you know, you just, you want to have all the tools in the tool, toolbox. These things can happen, um, but you should know when to refer somebody to a physician or not, or just know if a client is outside of your scope of work and say, maybe I shouldn't be working with them. They're getting dizzy in the gym. I don't know how to fix it other than stay on this super low calorie diet and good luck, you know? Well, you, you just provided what I think is the, the perfect parallel framework to the conversation. And ironically, for the first time ever in a discussion like this, I did not put 
technical educational components in it whatsoever. I, I led with what you said, by the way, that was Maya Angelou who said, uh, people will forget what you did for them. People will forget what you said, but they'll never forget, you know, how you made them feel. So that was a, at least a derivative of, of her who was uh, a great author. But um, I, I kind of led with that as well, which is a, another thing that this client said to me, the, the coach would just completely invalidate her. You know, she would ask a question or here, here's my goal. Here's what I'm experiencing. And it was just like, don't worry about that. That's nothing. Or no, you're not, you shouldn't feel that way. Or that's not where we're going to go. We're going to do this. And this particular coach, and this is a very, very big thing I see still a lot, wanted her to quote reverse in a way that caused weight gain. Well, you want to get bigger. You want to get stronger. You want to feel better. We have to pack on a bunch of body fat, which is completely insane. It's not necessary. That's not how metabolism works. But at the same time, this coach was completely invalidating and unwilling to listen, which I think really goes into your first point. Your second point, you know, interestingly, 20 some years ago, you were afraid you didn't know enough. And now you are known as a coach with with just supreme technical knowledge. So you saw what it would take with that technocratic perspective. I, I must know enough. And you dug in and you learned, and that's that's imperative. And the reason why I said this is the first time I didn't put this on this list is because I, I I feel like that should be a known quantity, yet I know it is not. We we are in an occupation where, similar to personal training and other things, there is no minimum standard. There is no legal, um, you know, loophole that you must walk through. Uh, as long as you're you're under the guise of what you know is legislatively imperative in your state, such as not doing medical nutrition therapy, that sort of thing, and another topic for another day. But um, you know, back back to your first point about making sure that you care enough. Uh, what are some of the things that you think you do better than other coaches that really put that in action? It, it's not just that you say you do, but you, in your process of working with clients, here's what I do that shows I really do care about their journey and, and them as a person. Yeah. Well, I think there's always good ways to deliver news and bad ways to deliver news. Um, know that this is a emotional process for clients. Also, a lot of times this means everything to them. Uh, I, I, coming from someone with like high internal anxiety, uh, I, I'm sensitive to people maybe reacting to the same kind of messages I might get. So if I need to call a client, I, I usually say, hey, first of all, nothing's wrong, but can we jump on a call real quick? Because some people associate that with bad news and then they're freaking out until... You know, you text them at seven and it's 4 p.m. till you talk. They're worried at work all day what you're going to say, you know. Um, you know, just kind of knowing where you need that extra touch. There's been emails I've gotten where they're definitely time sensitive and I feel like the need to respond to them is pretty immediate. But uh, if I can only type versus maybe do an audio recording, I really need them to hear my voice behind it. So I think, you know, taking that extra mile so people can actually, you know, understand and um, get some feeling from you. 
another thing that I do is a daily Zoom call Monday through Friday for my whole team. So everyone has the opportunity at some point during the week to have a conversation with me. Um, and we didn't even increase our prices to do this. And that's just really made the communication with my clients amazing. I wish I did years ago. Uh, I think we're year and a half in on doing this and it was a total game changer uh now the psychology of my clients is understood a little bit within their writings of their email uh that's ultimately just made me a better coach and i think another thing is even though i'm here in my journey i'm always finding other ways to you know make this better uh, i know that you've developed apps and you're you're doing everything you can to and, and both of us are to give our clients like the ultimate coaching experience. Well, you know, everything that you just said pretty much encompasses the rest of my points in a way that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to list a couple more things that this particular new client said to me. And that was that when she described this misalignment between the coach and her, he just didn't understand her demographic. She is a client who isn't interested in competing. And uh, she's obviously a female and she hired a male coach who does nothing but trains male bodybuilders. And, and she said, you know, part of that was my fault in, in her own words. Like I, I'm the one who hired the guy, but he just was not interested in even yielding to her different goals and her different needs and, and, you know, perhaps any kind of a nuanced approach from his part. Uh, and so needless to say, she's no longer with him. You know, he he was not able to to give her the experience you just described. But another thing she did was she just asked him to kind of verify some of his methods. Why are you asking me to do this? You know, do you have what's what and, you know, she's not a snarky person whatsoever. Uh, and of course, she was pretty much met with the back of the hand every time, like, you know, don't question me. And, you know, it's just here's here's the proof. Look at the people I've trained. And and you should be able to do that if you are somebody who's going to ask people to do something with a specific methodology, you should be able to say, here is why. Um, mm -hmm. And, and that, that's just critical. Uh, another thing is, I think you should be able to do what you just described there, which is and I know this from coaching for almost 30 years, taking individual time to communicate is just very, very difficult for everybody. It, it took a couple of times for us to even schedule that call, you know, me and this new client. And yet when we got off the video chat, it's like, wow, we know each other now. You know, we literally looked into each other's faces for 40 minutes. And, and now, as you said, you understand your, the psychology of your clients and you have a better relationship with them because you get to see them during your, your live chats every day. It's just, it's invaluable. And if you can't do that at some point with your clients, you probably have too many clients or you just don't have a good enough understanding of what it takes in a, in a human to human business. So the, the, the last one that I had, Adam, and I, and I think, you know, you're going to you're going to probably be able to really bring us home with even more specific ideas is is to just help to articulate with your clients an overview of how you anticipate their journey to be so that they feel comfortable and that they feel uh, in lockstep with you in the process. So here's what we're going to do now. Here's my goal for, you know, this week or next week or getting started. As soon as we do this, then we're going to be into this phase. 
And then whether it's phases of contest prep or something else, or just, you know, talking about diet breaks and the need to do this and Hey, uh, six weeks from now is Valentine's day. Let's try to accomplish this by then, you know, just this, those are the kind of things that I help keep everybody, you know, looking at the same goal together. And ironically, a lot of times coaches just forget such an easy step. Mm -hmm. Also understand your clients are, you know, learners. Um, They're going to watch what you're doing with every one of your other clients, just out of curiosity, um, my Olympian this year, it was funny because I had her doing broken up steady state just for better digestion. So I had her doing a little bit of activity after meals. She was having some really bad digestive issues. So it wasn't long after that Zoom call, four of my people asked me, should I be breaking up my cardio too? I said, you know, it's not that I'm holding back any pertinent information for you, but just in this person's context, it's more important to focus on that. And, you know, if you can get your cardio done in one gym session, that's just more optimal and better for you right now. You know, it, you bring up a great point because there there is so much information floating around. You know, I always talk about, this internet and social media advent uh, as kind of an information singularity. Anything that you want to find out, you can go find some answer, probably millions of answers online. And so in one sense, we as coaches seem to think, well, the information is out there. Why are you asking me something so trivial? Why are you asking me how you should take creatine? Uh, You know, my God, that's been out there for 30 freaking years. Like, why would you ask me such a silly question? But because there's so much information out there, that's why clients hire a coach. I need to know the distilled exact, as you just said, distilled information for me. Uh, and and it's it's nuanced, you know, for me versus, you know, the other four clients that you said were, were asking you questions. And this particular client's once we got familiar and comfortable with the process and we were getting to know each other in this video chat today, then those kind of questions started coming out. Oh, I remember what I was going to ask you. Hey, what about, you know, cardio and what about this and what about that? So all of a sudden you could see these little task, you know, checkbox items coming, coming out of her uh, brain. And I, I was able to say, you know, something that was very validating and efficient for her knowledge, such as when she said, I'm doing 15,000 steps per day. Is that important? Should I keep that up? And I was able to say, well, you know, out of the five or so hormones that help unlock lipids to be utilized as an energy source, and our goal is to lose this amount of weight, everybody loves to talk about thyroid hormone or androgens and that sort of thing. But the catecholamine hormones, when you start looking at at epinephrine or epinephrine, you know, here's where those just eclipse the other four combined. And so we do need this kind of cardio mix. And it's like, wow, you know, she, she all of a sudden got so much clarity and she heard some research citations, which I I take very seriously. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep current information in front of my clients. And, um, you know, all it took was that communication. And if you don't have that, as I told her, a lot of coaches are very, very stuck in the old school methodology of a weekly check-in and you just, you know, you get your marching orders. Here's a quick assessment. Here's what you can do for the week, slap on the back, and then you do it again a week later. 
And I said, you know, we have all these mechanisms in our company, as you said, Adam, through our app and live support chats. Any question you have, I want you to feel it's very conversational. You know, throw it at me. I'm going to be available at some point Monday through Friday. You're going to get those answers. And, And this goes back to, I think, what you should expect from, you know, not just a coach, you know, think of it, think like your accountant, your doctor. I mean, this is pretty much just human level stuff. Uh, but but one, one final swing, I, I, since I did initially leave it out, going back to some of the technical knowledge, and you mentioned that there's yet another competitor in critical condition in the last two weeks because some numb nut you know, coach who doesn't know anything and pretends he does is is out there just doing stupid things. What, what do, do you feel like there should be a minimum level of competence in coaches? And I, and I know legally we can't say here's that level and you're in or you're out. But if you were a prospective client, if you're a competitor, if you're somebody out there just looking for support, what would you say, man, look for somebody like this? They at least have to have this entry level of, of experience, credibility, education, like, like what are those markers for you? Yeah. And that's a great point. And I think that's a really, um, maybe should be heated topic right now too. Uh, I, I do think that there should be some kind of governing body in, in all physique sport across all federations. So, you know, I honestly think that they should align with some kind of nutritional expertise with, with also a physique sport enhancement. I really think too, uh, we should test for at least diuretics. It seems to be the most dangerous drug in bodybuilding right now. And, you know, unless these people have a prescription, which obviously they would probably get those through an MD and, you know, people are going to find the loophole but I think there should also be a statute of coaching limitations where, you know, if you do these things, you're just no longer going to be a coach in the league anymore. Uh, and and it has gotten really serious. So it is hard to pinpoint what that educational status should be. And I love registered dietitians, but I've also, you know, worked with um clients who had coaches who were registered dietitians and they still cut water on show day and they just didn't understand the physiological side or it just seemed like they they were very hesitant to push their clients hard enough to even get lean enough for contests in the first place but I can't hate on that education at all I think that just comes down to more experience versus RDs are bad. They just don't really teach you to prep people for physique sport like the NAMS does that, you know, you host. And I I would love to throw the NAMS out there. It's a great baseline educational process, all three tiers to be a, a, a coach in the league. Well, and I, and I think that's exactly, you know, NAMS, National Academy of Metabolic Science, notwithstanding, there are other great ones that are even, I, I would say the Sports Nutrition Association is even better. That is the best standard in the world right now. But, um, you know, to your point, 
I also, there's always a reflex to, to think, well, there should be a governing body. There should be some kind of regulatory agency that says this is the standard. And uh, one of my clients just took a massive, massive, you know, financial planner, like the certified financial planner type thing where you, you study for years, sit for this licensure. It's almost like taking the legal bar exam. And it's like, wow, like that's how seriously they take it. Um, we do things in a very allied health parallel community. And yet it's you, we, we have coaches killing people literally. Um, I don't think that can stand forever, but I would like us to self-regulate in the fact that we just don't do stupid things. And it does start from a much more free enterprised uh, libertarian type way, which is clients have the responsibility to not hire those people. If you can't get verification of a high enough level of credibility, education experience notwithstanding, because you're exactly right. Some people could be very high in one or the other, and they're still pretty awful. They could they could have some pretty big deficits. But man, if 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 clients out there were at least discerning enough to do a little bit of background checking, and I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast over the last couple of months, but I got a phone call from a lady one time because her 18 year old son was interested in bodybuilding and think of this mama bear, right? So like, here's, here's junior who said, you know, this is what I'm doing. He's, he's reading information online. He's getting all this stuff and she is rightly concerned. So she starts digging in and she's doing this research without him even knowing, like, I want to make sure my son has the best. And so she said, I was listening to these podcasts and these podcasts and these podcasts and everybody kept talking about this guy, Dr. Joe, Dr. Joe, Dr. Joe. And she said, so I thought I'll just fucking call Dr. Joe. Like, why would I, why would I not go to a source that other people reveal as credible? And, and by no means am I the only person out there who is, is good at what he does or takes it seriously. But the kind of care that this woman took on behalf of her son, every single person should do that if this is serious for you. And I think that's where 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we've just weeded out enough of the the poor actors in, in our space because the good ones are the ones who have the clientele and build the reputations and get the results. So, you know, that that's where I, I just don't know if we ever get to a, a full licensing type system for the entire industry. Uh, because the kind of bureaucracy that would have to be there to impose that it is pretty stout. So, like I said, I, I would rather just us do it through competence and evaluation and, and making sure that everybody's looking for these things. You know, this is why we decided to chat about this today. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's possible. I'm a big dreamer with it, you know, um, just knowing the National Electric Code um, some of these people would get patents passed just because they would take the people of the National Electric Code out to dinner, you know, and say, please improve our product so we can sell it. <laughs> well, you know, you, you bring up another great point, which is why when I created the Nash or the, uh, the Nutrition Coaching Global Mastermind and I asked Eric Helms to be a part of that. And we have a phenomenal board, people like Dr. Gabrielle Fondero and Eric Trexler, Dr. Adam Feith, all of these people involved, Dr. Jennifer Souders. You know, we, we do hope we're creating a standard of practice that does become normalized. And at some point, 
something like that could become the institutional norm. Um, I, I've used this as as a metaphor, but I don't think the American Medical Association just sh showed up one day and said, hey, we're going to govern the whole medical industry now. Like those blocks were put into place a little bit at a time until it just assumed that role. And then that supersedes even the law. I mean, that becomes the law. And so, you know, talk about self-regulation from the ground up, I, I think. I think you're right. I think in the next couple of decades that could emerge, but again, it's going to take somebody to to do do that work with that very intentional focus. Absolutely. Okay. Well, in the meantime, listeners and viewers of Contest Prep University, it is up to you. Make sure that you find a great coach who will care for you uh, in a way where you're going to get the results you want but also, as Adam said, to give you the exact experience that you want along the way. And we'll see you guys next time in Contest Prep University.